Father, we do ask that you speak by the power of your Holy Spirit and that we would be impacted because we were here and we're connecting with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So there was this guy, and he had this old uncle that lived deep in the woods. In fact, his uncle Jack lived so deep in the woods, he had no electricity, he had no hot water. But he wanted to go see his Uncle Jack. He went to see him, and Uncle Jack was so glad to see his nephew, and so he made him dinner. But he noticed while he's eating his dinner, there's like dried food on the plate. And he said, Uncle Jack, there's, there's dried food on this plate. He said, well, that's as good as cold water can do. He said, okay. So, so he went to bed that night. Next morning, got up, and Uncle Jack had made breakfast, and, and he's looking at the plate Uncle Jack had made, and he's, he's dried food again on the plate. He says, Uncle Jack, there's dried food on the plate again. He said, well, that's as good as cold water can do. He's like, oh, gosh. So, and then that evening, again, Uncle Jack made dinner, and he looks at his plate, and sure enough, again, dried food on the plate. He says, Uncle Jack, there's dried food on the plate again. He says, that's good as cold water can do. So he thought he's going to find out exactly what Uncle Jack is doing. So this time he followed him into the kitchen after dinner to see how he cleaned the plates. They walk in the kitchen, and Uncle Jack says, cold water, come here, boy. <laughs> Sometimes we settle for less than we should. And as we start this uh, new year, I think a lot of people just feel like I'm doing the best I can and don't make a lot of changes in their life. And I want to just talk about some of the changes we ought to consider making as we begin a new year. I think beginning a new year is a great time to think about what can I do to improve my life here on earth, but as a Christian, we also need to think, how, what, are there some things I can do that can not only improve my life here on earth, but improve my forever? Now, let me remind you that getting to heaven is the same for everyone. Everyone gets into heaven the same way. It's for repenting and believing in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. So getting into heaven is the same for everyone. There's only one way. The Bible's very clear about that. Jesus is very clear about that. But people's experience in heaven will not be the same for everyone. There's something called the judgment seat of Christ. I want to read to you out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, says this. For we must all, all, that's all believers, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may be recompensed, for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Now, from several Bible passages, we know that at the judgment seat of Christ, each one of us will appear before Jesus himself. And we will experience things like hearing commendations, well done, good and faithful servant. There will be rewards handed out based on our faithfulness and fruitfulness on this earth. There will be crowns placed on heads by Christ himself. There will even be, you know, money given back to us. All the money we gave to the Lord, we get 10,000% interest in it, and it's given back to us in the kingdom to come. And we don't know how money works in the kingdom to come, but we do know that we're glad we have it when we get there. And so we have all these different things that come at the judgment seat of Christ. There's different levels of glory and, and brightness, 
people have, according to Daniel chapter 12. There's different assignments handed out based on our faithfulness now. You're faithful with these five things. You're over five cities. These ten things are over ten cities. And so knowing all of those things are coming, that day is coming, that should be motivation to how we live our life. So when we're thinking about 2022, how are we going to live it? Are we going to live in such a way that we are going to do well at the judgment seat of Christ or not? Now, last week we talked about managing our money. And ultimately, the goal of how we manage our money is that we would store rewards in heaven. This week, we're going to talk about managing our time. See, our time is another gift from God. He's entrusted to us for us to manage for his profit. Now, Jesus told parables to illustrate our responsibility to manage what God has entrusted to us. And how we manage whatever he's entrusted to us, how we manage that, that will be the basis on which we'll be rewarded in the kingdom to come. There's one parable that Jesus teaches in Luke chapter 19. It's the parable of the minas. And in this parable, I'll just kind of overview it for you. There's a businessman who entrusts his wealth, all of his wealth, to his servants. And then when he returns... He evaluates how each servant invested his wealth for his profit, for his benefit, and then he rewards them accordingly. Now, in this parable, different from the parable of the talents, in the parable of the minas, everyone is given the same amount, one mina, and they're told to invest it for the profit of their master while he is away. So in this particular parable, Jesus isn't talking about something that we've each been given different amounts of, like talents or gifts or even literal money. But he's talking about something we've each been given the same amount of, things like time. Each one of us has been given the same amount of time each day. We get 24 hours a day. What are we going to do with the time that he is entrusted to us, will we invest whatever time he gives us for the profit of the master or not? Now, I want you to notice what the master in Jesus' parable says to the servants when he comes back to judge them. Luke 19, 16, let's look at this. And the first appeared saying, Master, your mina has made 10 minas more. Luke 19, 17, and he said to him, well done, Good slave, because you have been faithful in a very little thing, be in authority over 10 cities. So at the end of your life and my life, we are going to be evaluated by Christ. And we're going to be rewarded based on how we handled what he entrusted to us. And one of those things is time. How did we handle the time that he's given to us as a gift. Do we invest it for the master's profit or do we just squander it on ourselves? And I want you to notice that in this passage we just read, there's two different rewards that are given. First is commendation. He says, well done. Now, that doesn't seem like a big deal when you think about, okay, so I get a commendation. But I want you to think about times when somebody who you really respected actually praised you for something, maybe even did it in front of other people, how much that meant to you. 
Now I want you to think about this moment when the one whose face shines like the sun, his eyes are a flame of fire, and you look into these eyes of infinite love, and he says your name, and you see his lips move, and then he says, well done, and my friend, my servant. I mean, that's going to be an awesome moment. What a moment is coming. But then he goes on, not only that, there is a promotion given. He says, because you're faithful with your time, now you're serving down here in the kingdom to to come. I'm going to entrust such and such to you, whatever that might be in the kingdom to come. I think back after all the different college football bowl games, and now we got the NFL and the playoffs. There's one quote I heard a college coach say is coach Lou Holtz at the time. It was the orange bowl many years ago that stuck with me. How he motivated his players is he walked into the locker room and he said this to his team. 60 minutes to play and a lifetime to remember. What a great quote. Well, think about this. We've been given like the average person 60 to 80 years and then forever to enjoy. So we want to make that time count. So how we use our time really matters. Now, the Bible is full of metaphors that teach the brevity of life here on earth. In fact, there are 11 different metaphors of how brief life is in the Bible. They talk about it. It's a mist. It's a breath. It's a wisp of smoke. It's like a shadow passing by. It's that fast and our life here on earth is over. Also, repeatedly, the Bible compares life on earth to be like any temporarily living like in a foreign country. You're not really a citizen there. You don't really belong there. Your, your citizenship is somewhere else. The Bible really talks about us as being pilgrims and foreigners and strangers and visitors describing our brief stay here on earth. In fact, realizing that life on earth is, is so, such a temporary assignment If we really get that, it should alter our values on earth. If I realize, wait, I'm just passing through. I'm only here for a short time, and then I'm going to live forever. And how I live my life right now as a Christian matters about how I will live forever, experience forever. That ought to motivate us to say, I think I ought to be careful how I spend my time. I need to make sure I invest it for the profit of the master. Now, in God's eyes, the heroes of the faith are not those who achieve prosperity and success and power in this life, but the heroes of the faith, according to Hebrews chapter 11, are those who see their life as that of one who's just passing through briefly and live it accordingly, live it with an eternal perspective of what is to come. In fact, let's just look at Hebrews 11 for just a moment, verse 13 and then verse 16. Hebrews eleven thirteen talks about these heroes of the faith. It says, all these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Get that. They knew they were just passing through. They lived like that. Verse 16. But as it is, they desire a better country. They're living for the kingdom to come. That's a heavenly one. Therefore, God's not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So we're here on a temporary assignment. So what matters most for our time here is how we spend this brief amount of time that we've been given and whether or not we're going to invest it for the profit of the master. 
Now, one of the biblical definitions of a fool, a fool is someone who knows what they ought to do and just won't do it. That is a fool, according to the book of Proverbs. Someone who knows what would be good for them to do, but they still don't do it. They know it would be good for them, and they still don't do it. That person is considered a fool. They know that if they did this, it would make them happy, it would make them healthy, it would make them prosperous, it would make them benefit in eternity, and they know all that, and they still don't do it. That person's a fool, according to the book of Proverbs. Now, it's interesting that neglect and procrastination have never been part of any success story. I've read, I've read so many biographies of, of people who really made an impact on this earth, and I've never yet seen neglect and procrastination as two of their qualities. In fact, I've never thought about, I've never seen someone who's, boy, that, that is a life I would like to have, that life, and thought, and they got it through neglect and procrastination. So the question is, what I want to ask you, so what will you do with your time this year? How will you spend your time? Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, something very helpful, some guidelines I want us to look at briefly. Ephesians 5.15 says this. He says, therefore, be careful how you walk. That's how you live. Not as, an unwise, as, as unwise men, but as wise. In other words, don't be a fool. Be careful. Be careful how you live your life, how you spend your time. Be wise with it. Here is a simple truth. There are certain simple actions that if you and I will do consistently over a period of time and stick with them, they will produce valuable results in our lives. Let me say that again. There are certain little simple actions, little simple things. If we'll just keep doing them consistently and stick with them, they will produce tremendous value, valuable results in our lives, and also not just this life, but in eternity. Now, what, are, what am I talking about? Some of those simple little activities that if we decide I'm going to begin to invest my time in certain little activities, that it's going to pay off for me. What are some of those activities? Well, some are obvious. I mean, if I start to exercise and eat right and make sure I take care of my body and stuff, I'm going to benefit from that. If I stick with some basic disciplines, taking care of my health. Or if I really am disciplined about spending time with my spouse and my kids, that's going to pay off in the long run that I consistently do that on a regular basis. Or if I make sure I'm spending time with God and developing that relationship, that's going to pay off. I have those spiritual disciplines in place. Make sure that I'm involved in church services and I'm at the G-Hop, Grace House of Prayer, and I'm in a life group and I'm having a devotional life and all these things. If I stick with those consistently, that pattern of spending my time, it will pay off spiritually in my life and eternally. And so, you know, but yet so many people know that. So many people they'll say, I know this is true, and yet they still won't do it. And why is it they won't do it? Well, I think one of the reasons why a lot of people won't do that, they'll see all these things that they ought to start doing but don't do it. One of the reasons is because that after they do it just once or twice, they don't really notice a lot of benefit from it, so they think it's not really that big a deal. For example, you go and exercise once and go look in the mirror and go, whoa, that didn't work. 
Or you die at one meal, and then you think and look in the mirror and say, well, that didn't help. And so you think, well, since, since I just do it one or a few times, it doesn't make a difference, then it's not really going to help me in the long run, so I don't stick with it. The same is true in our spiritual lives. Someone goes to church just one time or has one devotional time in the morning with the Lord or goes to a life group one time and thinks, eh, I didn't see a lot of change. I don't stick with it. But the truth is, is that if I will stick with these things on a regular basis consistently, they will make dramatic impact, valuable impact on my life and on my eternity. The simple, the flip side of this, is, of this principle is also true. There are certain simple actions that if I neglect doing them consistently and sticking with them, then I'll suffer from that neglect in the long run. For example, let's say I neglect my health for 20 years. Well, I'm going to pay for that in the long run. Or say I neglect saving money, then I'm going to regret that when I get older. Or let's say I neglect studying and getting good grades, then I regret that when I can't get into the college or the grad program or whatever, get that job that I was hoping to get. The same is true as if I neglect certain spiritual disciplines, if I neglect my prayer life and reading the scriptures and being in fellowship and worship, so forth. If I neglect that, then all of a sudden I find myself backsliding into anxiety again and frustration and loneliness and all kinds of other sin that I was free from before. If you neglect your relationship with your kids when they're young, then when you're old, you, you can pay a high price for that. Neglect time with your spouse, then perhaps you'll pay for it later with, through an affair or through a divorce. So there's this huge price to pay if I neglect these simple actions I ought to be doing on a regular basis over a long period of time. And some of you are thinking, but it's hard to do that. It's hard for me to stick with it. Well, what I would say is the price you pay to stick with a discipline or with a certain way of spending your time, the price you pay for that is much less than the price you will pay for neglecting it in the long run. In fact, if you say, well, I'm, I'm not going to, it's, it's, it's you know, difficult for me to spend the time with my spouse and kids I want to spend. Well, if you don't make sure you do that, then you could pay a much heavier price later when perhaps you end up divorced and maybe your kids want nothing to do with you uh, when they're older. Or say, you know, I'm, I'm neglecting, you know, exercising consistently and all of a sudden, you know, my, my health is shot. So we begin to see that there is a price to pay for me to keep a discipline. I do have to discipline myself. But the price you pay for that is much less than the price you'll pay if you don't do it. Okay, so let's get back to Ephesians chapter 5. So Paul goes on to say, verse 16, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Literally, it says redeeming your time. Now, the Greek word here actually is a marketplace word. The idea is to make sure you trade in or cash in your time for something of equal value. We understand trying to get, this, get value for our money. Well, he's using this same marketplace term for how we spend our time. Make sure I cash in my time for something of equal value. And the Bible is saying that if we're wise, that we're going to make sure we're trading our time for something of value. I'm not just wasting it. I'm actually benefiting from how I spend it. I'm benefiting now on earth, and I'm going to benefit from it forever. So the Bible goes on to tell us here in this one simple passage three reasons why we should be careful how we spend our time. Let's look at those briefly. Number one, first reason why we ought to be careful how we spend our time is because there's a limited amount of it. 
We have to be careful how we spend it. The same is true of my money. Why am I careful how I spend my money? Because there's a limited amount of it. The same is true of our time. I have to be careful how I spend it because I've only got a limited amount of it. That's why, you know, the Bible talks about how brief it is. Be careful how you spend it. It's going to come and go. Psalm 90, verse 12, Moses writes this psalm. He says this, So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. So teach us to live as if our days are numbered, because they are. And that number is not very big. So I need to be careful how I live my life, how I schedule out my time for 2022, because I only have so much of it. I have a limited amount. There's a second thing, second reason why we should be careful how we spend our time. And number two is because how we live now will matter forever. And most Christians don't think about this. They think about, okay, I repent and believe in Jesus, I'm going to heaven. They don't realize, yeah, but your experience in heaven is going to be drastically impacted about how you live your life as a Christian. Yes, you get in, but how you live it forever is going to be impacted by how you spend your time right now. It will matter for eternity. The rewards, the treasures, the crowns, the assignments, all these kinds of things are going to matter forever to us. So it matters how we spend our time. A wise person gets that. A wise person gets that and then adjusts their life around that truth. How we live will matter for eternity. There's one more thing this passage teaches us, a third reason why we should be careful how we spend our time, and that is this. If we aren't careful in our use of our time and making sure we spend it on what matters, then we're likely to waste our time and spend it on things that don't matter. Because here's what the passage goes on to say. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. The days are evil. There's this great pressure in living in this world that actually we are going to have to be deliberate and go against the flow if we're going to use our time wisely. There's a flow we have to go against. It's kind of like if you've ever been in a canoe in a river, and if you just sit in that canoe and don't, don't row, then you will so be swept down that river, maybe slowly, maybe quickly, but you will not stay put. The same is true with us. If we, we, we're living in a culture that it is, we're going to have to go against the flow of our culture, of our world, if we're going to use our time wisely. Because the days are evil. There's like this gravitational force of sin. It, that's the reason why so many people procrastinate. It's the reason why so many people undermine their own future and their own happiness. Because they don't mean to. They don't plan to. But they don't, they're not deliberate about opposing the flow. If, if people say things all the time. I've heard it thousands of times. I know I ought to do such and such, but I don't do it. I ought to. My question is, why would you hurt yourself like that? Well, we don't intentionally do it. We just aren't intentional about going against the flow of it. There is a pull away from us using our time wisely. There is, we're going to have to go counter to the flow. Let me give you a perfect example of this. Okay, today, the Cowboys play. Cowboys play at 3.30. Is it evil to watch the Cowboys? I don't think so. Uh, but also at five o'clock is a new member's class. I know that there will be people that know that in their mind say, I ought to take that class 
I ought to move on and see if I can't really get connected here at Grace better, find out what my spiritual gifts are, really make a difference for eternity. I ought to do that, but I want to see the Cowboys. And it's not a sin to watch the Cowboys. But let me explain to you. But there is, that's, just, that's just a simple example. There's this pull. There's always something. It may not be the Cowboys game. It'll be something else. There'll always be something that'll cause somebody to go, am I going to do what I ought to do and go against the flow, or am I not going to do it? And I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on somebody watching the Cowboys today and missing this class. I'm just saying it could be something good but not best. And tape the game and see you later. But I'm just saying there are things like that where every day, every day there's something and we're going to have to say there's a flow against me really walking with God and, 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 and fulfilling my potential. So let's read the whole passage. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, redeeming it because the days are evil. There's something working against that. So then, verse 17, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, let me tell you what God's will for you is. It's the thing that, that, that already during this message came to your mind while I was talking. It came into your mind while I was talking. And in your mind, I said something. And in your mind, you said, I ought to do that. God spoke to you. That was God speaking to you. When that thought came into your mind, I ought to do that. God speaking to you. Now, the question is, will you do it? Will you do what you ought to do? Will you start to arrange your time? Some of you are thinking, now, I need to spend dinner with my family more often. Or I need to take care of my body. Or I need to get consistent on spiritual disciplines. Or I need to get on a budget, spend my money wise. I need to start spending more time with some friends that build me up and encourage me. All those kind of things. The question is, now, what are you going to do with your time for 2022? My point here is if you're not deliberate about it, it won't happen. That thing you're saying I ought to do, if you aren't going to, going to go against the flow and be deliberate, you won't do it. You may start, but you won't stick with it. We have to be careful, careful to redeem our time, careful, deliberate with our schedules. So what will you do this year? This whole message is about, I want you to think about your 2022 and how you're going to spend your time. I want, you, I want to see you spend it where it helps you in this life here and it will help you forever. It will matter forever how you spend it. So how will you spend your time physically? Things like exercise, sleeping right, eating right, you know, stopping unhealthy habits like smoking and drinking too much. Will you make those decisions or not? Emotionally, Will you make sure you got some time with friends and family that are feeding you, that are, that are blessing you, times to laugh, times, are you making sure you're taking times off like a Sabbath day, one day in seven where you really clock out and just hang out and relax and enjoy God and rest? And will you take care of yourself in 2022 emotionally as well? How about financially? Some of you need to take Financial Peace University and you haven't taken it yet, and it'll make all the difference in your financial peace. That's why it's named that. You can avoid debt, get on a budget, give regularly, save regularly, all those kinds of things. Again, there are certain simple actions. If I will just do them consistently and stick with them, they'll produce valuable results in my life now and forever. How about spiritually? Devotional life. Will you have a time with God every day? How about making sure that you are gathering? I mean, we're not supposed to forsake our gathering together. 
And we got we to we gather together on a regular basis, being in, part, being in a house of prayer, being in a life group where you got people that support you and hold you accountable. Will you do it? One last passage, and I'm going to quit. Galatians 6, 7, and 8. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh shall reap from the flesh corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit shall reap from the Spirit reap eternal life. You know, a farmer goes out and he plants, he plants some seed. He goes home. Next morning he wakes up, looks out the window. Nothing's growing. Okay, maybe he tills the ground, goes to sleep. Next day looks out and nothing's happening. But after a period of time, he looks out that window one day and something's growing. And after a while, there's a harvest. If we sow to the spirit, maybe that first day you don't see a lot. The second day you don't see a lot, but you stay with it consistently. You will reap eternal life, eternal life. And I'm not talking about just dying and going to heaven, eternal life. You're going to reap the love and the joy and the peace and all these kind of things that come in eternal life. You start to reap it. But the opposite is also true. If I, if I sow to the flesh, I reap corruption. So you got somebody, some guy late at night on the internet, and all of a sudden he just gets curious. Next thing you know, he's on a porn, porn site. Next thing you know, he's on it the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and he's thinking, ah, oh, that didn't bother me. That didn't affect me. Yes, it did. You just put some seeds in that you are going to sow. You sowed seeds. That's going to, there's going to be something corrupt happening in you. It's going to affect you. I mean, we got to make sure that we're sowing to the Spirit, and we do that by getting our time and being deliberate about how we spend it. Let's stand for prayer. Father, we, we've all, all of us have been guilty of wasting time. We've all been guilty of misusing time. We just ask for your forgiveness for it, Lord, and we pray that we'd be wise men and wise women today. And we take a look at 2022 and how we're going to spend it, what we're going to put in it, and when we're going to pray, and when we're going to read the scriptures, and when we're going to use our spiritual gifts, and when we're going to take care of ourselves. All these things, Lord, we begin to look at our lives in a way that we are cashing our time in for something of greater value. So I pray that we'd be wise to that end. Give us the grace to do it. I pray, Lord, none of us would just walk away from this and continue to, to be those who aren't serious about uh, living a life of wisdom, but... So I pray you to break that off of us all in the name of Jesus.